Hey, folks, Tom and Keith thanking you for tuning in each and every week to listen to Front Row Knowles via the podcast. And a special thank you to the folks at the Dunlap Champions Club for their continued support of this podcast. A great place to watch Florida State ball game. a great place to have a good time. Remember, you can access the club on Friday night. You can go there on Saturday. You can repeat it on Sunday, an entire weekend of events. Whether it's for personal fandom or if you want to entertain clients, employees, social groups, uh, there's different packages available. You can get a single game uh, ticket experience as well and just sample it uh, at one game this year. Some new features, too, uh, from year one. They've got misters and fans in there, and they also are really emphasizing uh, flavorful food, but with a local connection, local tie, expanded food opportunity. John Rivers of Four Rivers will be in there preparing. Uh, also, you can get Bradley sausage for those of you that remember that. How, how do I get more information? They can get more information by calling uh, 850-644-1830, option one, or you can visit fsuclubseats.com. Thanks again to them and enjoy this week's Front Row Knowles. Broadcasting live from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Now, here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. That means it's time for Front Row Knowles. Tom Block, Keith Jones, uh, actually on location uh, as we record this as uh, a new coach has just been introduced. And Keith, how are you? It's been uh, quite the whirlwind since last we talked on this show on Wednesday. It really has. We, we talked during summer and, and in the spring sometimes about how the time drags on because there's no football to talk about. Well, there's been nothing but football to talk about for the last week or so, uh, especially here in Tallahassee with uh, Fisher's departure and uh, the announcement. Uh, what are we, 10, 10 15 minutes? It's removed from the close of the press conference uh, introducing uh, new Florida State head coach Willie uh, Taggart. Uh, Tommy, first impressions? Wow. Wow. If you get a chance, go to Seminoles.com and check out the entire press conference. You, you will be impressed. Uh, I don't know of a single thing he said that I would take issue with, disagree with, or would not wholeheartedly embrace. The story about his son and sitting down and talking with his son about the decision to chase your dream, how he referred to we, uh, how complimentary he was of Oregon, and the athletic uh, director, the staff, mentioning Phil Knight, uh, chairman of Nike by name, how appreciative he was of them, how, how he basically had to say to them, I'm sorry, this is the job that I want, and, and I know I'm letting you down, but I've got to leave. Uh, there was nothing that came out of his mouth that I can't 100% embrace. Unbelievably impressive. Certainly, uh, the page turns, and it's it's different for Florida State. There's a lot of excitement. There's a lot of uh, enthusiasm, as there should be. If you didn't get a chance to uh, watch or listen to the press conference, I'll invite you to do so right now. This is courtesy of Seminoles.com. And uh, take it all in. This is Willie Taggart, the new head football coach at FSU. It was tough because uh, what you just said, only, only been there for a year. Uh, things were going really well there. I mean, in every aspect, um, it was going well. The, um, the people you, you met and the relationship you built, um, it's always tough when, when you have to end that, you know. Um, I mean, just think about it, being able to um, meet Phil Knight. I mean, he's an icon. Um, and I was in, in awe when I had a chance to meet him. You know, it was like, wow. And he's a great person and uh, have a great mind and, and really smart, but he really loved the University of Oregon. Uh, Rob Mullins, who I thought was an awesome AD and was great to work for, and for him to give me an opportunity my first opportunity to coach in the Power Five. Um, you feel back or you feel like you let him down. And um, and I know I did, but and, and like I told him, I, I'm sorry that I did let him down. Like I told everyone there, I saw, I'm sorry, I apologize. Um, the timing is probably not right, but it's never right when it's time to leave. And um, But again, like I said, um, talking with my son made me realize a lot, and, and I can let it. I guess my problem, my biggest problem, I'm always worried about other folks and making other folks happy. And this one time where uh, I get a chance to uh, fulfill my dreams, I couldn't just rely on that. And, and again, it's just the perfect situation. I wasn't going to leave it just for anything, you know, because it was perfect and my family loved it there and had everything going the right way. But to be closer to your family and, and still have an opportunity to coach in the Power Five and, um, and still have an opportunity to win a national championship, which is a personal goal. Um, 
it was it was tough to, to overcome and again don't always work the way that you want it to but it is what it is and again I know they'll find a great coach there and they have great players there uh, and and they'll do a great job there when it really came to me that that it was probably something I needed to do I had a profound moment in my life as a father um, excuse me if I get a little emotional um, <laughs> But um, my wife and I was, was sitting there talking about this decision, and um, my, my six, 16 year old son came in and out of nowhere, and um, I didn't expect this, but he said, um, "Dad, I know you're struggling with with this decision, and I know this is your dream job." And he said, um, "You always tell me to chase my dreams, and don't let anyone get in the way of it." And he said, "I don't think it's right for me." or anyone else to stop you from chasing your dreams. And he said, and I don't want to leave that, but if you're going to chase your dream, then I'm going to ride with you. And um, and that meant a lot to me. It was like me talking to him. It was like he was my father talking to me. And um, But it was also um, gratifying. And, 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 and um, I just, I was so proud of him, just how, how he articulated those things to me and, and just, again, yeah, made me, um, uh, follow my own advice that I gave him. He is um, he's impressive to listen to. I got a chance to talk to him before the press conference for uh, a separate interview that you'll hear in coming weeks here, Keith. But uh, he's he's personable. Uh, he's positive. I know most coaches are. He has a little catchphrase that he said at the end of his press conference, uh, which is have a great day if you want to. Basically saying it's up to you to decide today if uh, you know you're going to make it a good day or not. I imagine that resonates well on the recruiting trail uh, uh, for a lot of reasons, uh, including his offensive and defensive philosophies, which we'll get into later. Uh, he's you can see why he hits home runs on the recruiting trail. I think one of the things our listeners need to uh, reinforce because you wouldn't say it, but uh, I believe you said you had the opportunity to talk to him before the press conference. Uh, that's why we call this front row Knowles. Uh, we both Tom and I have. Uh, been uh, gifted to have some access sometimes that uh, others don't get. And, uh, you know, I would just uh, turn the tables on you and ask you, your first meeting with Taggart, what, what were your personal takeaways from having spent a little time with him? Well, I think they're going to be the same as what everybody took away from the press conference. I mean, he's engaging. He's personable. Uh, he truly grew up a Florida State fan. We had a conversation about that. He mentioned several of the names he mentioned at the press conference. Uh, he mentioned Amply as well. Uh, I mean, if you think about it, he, he was in high school. And for those who don't know, he was in high school in Bradenton, and he was the backup quarterback to Tommy Frazier. And Frazier obviously went on to great success at Nebraska, though most of that great success came after he lost to Florida State in 92 and 93. Uh, when Tommy Frazier moved on, Willie became the starting quarterback at Bradenton Manatee, won a state championship as a junior, made it back to the state finals as a uh, senior, and that whole time frame was the early 90s. Uh, you're talking about an era when a lot of folks became Florida State fans. Either they were in school or FSU was coming on the map. Maybe people were tired of Miami. Bobby was at his height. You went through wide right one, wide right two. You finally went a championship. He grew up on that. I mean, that, that's who he was. Um, and so to, for him to be at Florida State, I mean, it, it's pretty remarkable now to think about it. He, he, he jokingly during the press conference said Charlie Ward was the guy doing the spread before anybody was. Uh, and, and I think on that side, and we'll, we'll talk later in this program, Keith, about his style, but basically he wants to go fast and score a lot and be fun. Well, that's what Florida State was in the 90s. And on defense, he wants to be aggressive and mean and nasty, which that's what Florida State fans relate to in terms of Mickey Andrews. So, you know, we're a couple decades removed from the heyday of the 90s, but that's going to resonate well. And the one thing that I took away uh, to get into the X's and O's uh, early uh, was his comment about the offense in that he wants it simple. And we've heard so much about how complicated uh, the offense around here has been for the last eight years and how it was hard for kids to learn it and, and difficult for them to execute it. Uh, that's refreshing words for those of us that are tired of hearing about uh, inches and mental mistakes and those types of things. If you make it simple and you run it fast and you've got athletes, you can score some points. I agree. Now, I, I want to be clear, and we won't spend much of the show talking about this. It, it's been a rough week. Uh, I think most people that are connected with Florida State, as things developed, uh, you know, probably felt like it was time to turn the page and move on and wished Coach Fisher well and go into Texas A&M. And then people got 
I think, rightfully upset at some of his remarks at the press conference at Texas A&M on Monday. I don't want to spend long doing this, Keith. I just simply want to say I'm ready to turn the page. We all had a relationship with Coach Fisher. Me personally, I would have handled things differently. I think he should have. Maybe he learned from it. Maybe he didn't. But that era is gone, and he did a lot of good things for FSU. Uh, and right now, this is like a first date with Coach Taggart. And, uh, you know, it's all good. And at some point, there will be some hiccups or wrinkles or differences, and, and we'll look back and say, you know what, Jimbo was actually better in that scenario maybe than, than Willie was, which is not to say that Coach Taggart can't have great success. I'm just ready to turn the page on it. Uh, I'm probably a couple of steps behind you, probably because I'm old school and probably because I'm a former player. Uh, I thought some of the comments that Coach Fisher made in his press conference on Monday uh, were classless, and I was very disappointed of him and for him. Now, we'll move on. Uh, I am a Fisher fan. I'm really appreciative of what he did at Florida State. But Monday so showed me some true colors that I'm glad we saw in 2017, and we didn't have to wait to see later. And I'll leave it at that. And I'll finish this segment simply by saying, and there will be some who, who probably won't like the fact that President Thrasher uh, skillfully crafted a shot in there, but there, will other, there are others who will love it. Uh, because if you didn't hear it, and if you just watched the press conference but didn't watch the start where Coach Taggart was introduced – President Thrasher uh, said some good things and then said, matter of fact, as we got to talk to Coach Taggart, we realized it was his dream job, and it was pretty much a no-brainer for him to take it, which was a direct shot. And he's played a lot of political poker over the years, and uh, he's probably ready to turn the page too. But it's a new era. We'll continue to discuss it. Uh, I will point out that it's, uh, well, it's sort of a new era for the folks uh, at Madison Social as well. It's a new era, isn't it? Yes. Uh, matter of fact, I mean, they opened early today. They've already got, uh, they're selling shirts and hats that uh, refer to Coach Willie Taggart. This is what Madison Social does. They're on their game, and uh, they continue to evolve and reinvent their game. And so uh, head on down to Madison Social, uh, Centrale, and uh, have a good time. Tell them we sent you. We'll come back, talk more. Our Seminoles.com insider Tim Linnefelt will join us on the show. Andrew Adelson from ESPN will join us. Plus, Keith and I will pontificate some more on this uh, unique edition of Front Row Knowles. on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and Keith with you. And uh, KJ, uh, it, it was impressive and I would encourage people to go back to Seminoles.com and watch the whole introductory press conference. A lot of questions about recruiting. Uh, he's going to knock it out of the park on recruiting. Uh, just looking at some of my notes, he mentioned during his press conference not just an affinity to FSU, but uh, you know, in terms of guys he reached out to before he took this job, uh, he named Deion Sanders, Derek Brooks, and Peter Warwick, who he called a personal friend. That's a pretty good list of former Knowles if you want to uh, seek their counsel. Uh, as you mentioned, him growing up, you know, basically by my calculation, uh, Coach Thaggart was in middle school. Uh, when the dynasty began. So when he was in high school in 92 and 93 and 94, uh, there was a national championship year. There was some uh, additional games. You mentioned the wide right one, the wide right two. So obviously uh, he would be uh, aware of, of uh, Peter Warwick and what was going on a little bit later as he got into his career at Western Kentucky. Uh, but, yeah, he was immediately able to identify with some of the icons that are part of the Florida State program. In fact, the city, you know, reinforcing what you said, he actually talked to Derek Brooks uh, prior to accepting the position uh, during the time that he was doing his um, uh, meditation or whatever word he used about uh, contemplating coming to Tallahassee. Uh, I think that's cool and, and certainly shows that uh, he's not a newcomer to those things which are Seminole Nation. And setting the record straight, as I look at my notes, he didn't talk to Peter Warwick, but he did reference that uh, he is a good friend. Obviously, Peter's from Bradenton Southeast, a little bit younger, and uh, Taggart is from Bradenton Manatee. Um, He's part of the Harbaugh tree, so it's interesting here when you talk about coaching legacies. We've gone from the Bowden tree to the Saban tree and now to the Harbaugh tree, which are three pretty uh, respected brands in terms of coaching trees. You know, he mentioned uh, both of the brothers, uh, Jim at Michigan and uh, Jack. And Jack's not the head coach at Baltimore, correct? 
Jack's the third of the, of the brothers. No, Jack's the dad. Dad. Okay, I'm sorry. Great. He talked to the dad and two of the sons. Great. Thank you for clarification. So obviously he, he's a couple of generations into the Harbaugh tree, uh, but he specifically referenced talking to Jack and, and the dad about perspective and those types of things. And uh, whether you are or are not a Harbaugh fan, will be fair. Some Florida State fans aren't uh, because of uh, comments made and, of course, the Orange Bowl last year. Uh, nevertheless, that is a pretty high-profile group uh, that he uh, regularly consults with and probably gets some very, very sage and sound advice from. And Jim riles up all fan bases, not just FSU. Uh, Willie was not wearing khakis, and I don't think that's his personality, so I don't think we need to worry about that side of it. As we say hello to our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefeld, who joins us not via the Earl Bacon Agency hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency, ensuring your future together. He joins us live to tape in person. Tim, your uh, first reactions. Oh, my gosh. Uh, where do you even begin? Uh, I don't know that that could have gone over any better. Uh, I thought Willie Taggart just owned the room. Uh, came off as, as genuine, honest. Uh, what jumped out to me was just how excited he was to be here. Uh, you could tell that Florida State means something to him, uh, that this job opportunity means something to him. He um, talked about growing up in, in Bradenton and in Palmetto, Florida, and he said and if you weren't a Florida State fan, you probably weren't living in his house. Uh, so I don't know that he could have hit the beats any better. Uh, really, really impressive. I mean, of course, he, he made the note himself. He's like, hey, everything's great when you're undefeated. Uh, but right now, uh, Florida State is undefeated under Willie Taggart. And, and, man, I don't know how you could not be excited about the future of the program with him at the helm right now. I think one of the best comments that came out of it, I'd be interested in your perspective, Tim, is one of the beat reporters asked him, you know, did it, did it play into the conversation and his thought process that he would be the first African-American head coach at Florida State? And, and without missing a beat, he didn't even take a breath and basically said, well, wait a minute, now I'm really the second. Odell Higgins is the first. No, I, I thought that was, again, you were talking about hitting all the right answers. Uh, that was absolutely one. Uh, it's the the respect and history and the tradition of, for the tra- history and tradition of the program that he has, you know, reeling off the, the the players that he grew up watching. That they really he's around the same age as a lot of those guys. Peter Warwick, Charlie Ward, worked then. They're all, uh, you know, in their forties now. And and what really kind of jumped out to me when I was listening to him talk about Florida State football, and I heard him earlier this morning talk about playing little league games uh, with with people with their portable TVs in the parking lot of those little league games watching Florida State and gathering around and you know his memories there what, what really jumped out to me is you know not not to, to look into the past much but we knew how much Jimbo Fisher knew Florida State football he could tell you what they ran on second and ten in the 1983 bowl game or whatever uh, Willie Taggart feels Florida State football uh, you can just tell that when you when you watch him when you when you hear his voice see the look in his eyes he feels this place he knows about it uh, he, he grew up with it and so there was just it was just so obvious his passion and enthusiasm it, it really uh, I mean it felt like a breath of fresh air in here that, that's well said I think you could you could say that that he might just be more of an emotional guy in general Jimbo was so machine-like almost in terms of his process and his mantra and you could see a more human side of coach Taggart right away in my opinion no, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, and look, you know, it, it is what it is. You're always going to be compared to your predecessor. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're not here to, to disparage the previous staff. We've, we've all said several times that the Jimbo Fisher era was an unmitigated success. But in terms of personality and, and the way that certainly the way they conduct themselves with the media, um, they're very, very different guys. I think Florida State fans, uh, no matter how you feel about either coach, is going to acknowledge it's going to be a completely different vibe uh, in, in terms of the leadership from the top. Just because, again, they're, they're different people with different life experiences. But, man, it's, it really is it's, uh, a really stark difference for sure. Tim, I was impressed. Uh, one of his themes, <clears throat> pardon me, is that Florida State is bigger than the coach. And he, he kept harping on, this is Florida State University, and, and, and I'm here to be a part of Florida State University. He talked about recruiting. A lot of times the kids, you know, appropriately come to a school, not just a coach. Uh, I thought that was quite refreshing as well. I, I did, and, and you know what I thought was indicative of that philosophy, Keith, was when he was talking about his, uh, his offensive philosophy. He used the phrase lethal simplicity. Uh, and you can kind of marinate on that one. You, you, you're smiling now. But, but what does that say to you? He says, it's not about my plays. It's not about the schemes that I draw up. It's not about me outfoxing the other guy on the other sideline. It's about making things easy for your players, getting good athletes, and letting them do what comes natural to them. Uh, I think if there's a, a critique that some fans had uh, over the last few years, it didn't really feel that way for Florida State, particularly on offense. You, know, you heard how hard it was for quarterbacks to, to run the offense, how hard it was, gosh, for receivers to pick it up. Uh, we'll see how it plays out on the field. Uh, 
but but listening to Coach Taggart and the way he talks about it, look, I'm not trying to confuse these guys. I, I want them to know what to do so that they can do it fast, and we can go out and score points. He said, I like to score fast. I like to score, you know, I like, yeah, I like to score explosive plays. Uh, yeah, we score often. And I saw the stat, I think our, our old buddy David Hale tweeted it uh, the other day. In, in games when Oregon had their starting quarterback, uh, he was hurt for a little bit this year, uh, they, their points per game average would have been number one in the country over 12 games, so I think that's something to get excited about. But, but to, so pick to your, take the overall point, that almost remove, it doesn't remove the coach from the equation, but it's not about the coach. When it's to make it as simple as possible and let the athletes do athletic things, that, that's taking the spotlight off the coach and putting it on the players. He, he said the same thing about recruiting. He said coaches, I mean, players are going to co- commit to the university. They want to know who their coach is, but they're committing to come be a part of FSU. And, and that's been the, the, the thing I've been preaching for so long. Yeah, yeah you got to have good facilities. But, but guys, and, and you all are going to roll your eyes in the back of your head because you've heard me talk about it so much, I, you know, just just get the kids working in the Moore Center with windows that look out on that field because everything happens on that field. So if they're in a weight room, if they're in a meeting, if they're in study hall, have them looking out a window that looks at that field. I don't care if they're in a building. I want them to look at that field because that's where championships are won. And Florida State has won championships on that field and can win more championships on that field. We don't need a wiffle ball court and a napping room and a slide. Could you go on the record one more time about that, KJ? I think we know where you stand on that. I, I, I agree with that as well. Um, I thought he handled the facilities questions well, too. He basically said, quote, we're going we're gonna to get there. He's got to come in and prioritize, prioritize, what, prioritize what we need, and, and we're going to get there. And you know what? Not really switching gears because it's the, the theme of the day, but the, the best part of, of the press conference to me today, and I think we probably all agree with this, when he was talking about leaving Oregon and he shared the conversation he had probably, at, what, two days ago with his son, Willie Jr., 16 years old. They had just moved from Tampa to Oregon a year ago, uh, had, had liked it. I think he almost kind of said more than they thought they would, had really enjoyed their time there. Uh, and his son, Willie Jr., said, Dad, you always tell me to follow my dreams. Uh, he said, I don't want to move. I just moved. I don't want to move again. But if this is your dream, I'm going to follow you there. And, and, and you know, Coach Taggart was, was getting pretty emotional when talking about that, and I can only imagine what that's like as a father for your son to come and tell you that and he said that's when he knew that he was going to leave Oregon and come to Florida State and gosh just what a a human real moment that that people can relate to uh it's a a moment of um vulnerability and and honesty and and gosh and in in today's football and and look a lot of football coaches a lot of athletes and coaches are like that when you don't you you hesitate to to share that side of yourself Uh, to see that in just you know such plain fashion was uh really something to see really left an impression on me let's be fair uh, it, it was honest we haven't had a lot of honest here lately and it was also self-reflective and 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 probably more impactful for him because he mentioned that he lost his dad last summer which i mean i lost my dad two years ago and can relate to it You've lost yours, Keith, and so that hits home, that conversation with his, with his son. I'm um, just looking through some of my notes here. Going back to recruiting, I thought this was, this was good. Uh, he was asked about being at South Florida and recruiting against FSU, and he said, I'm, I'm happy to be on the right side of the train now, which I think speaks to what he expects to do on the trail. Yeah, I think the other term he used was that they had some babies going up against some mutants, and uh, that's what it was like recruiting against Florida State at South Florida. He said, well, it was tough because you knew you probably weren't going to get them. So, uh, yeah, I think knowing the, the recruiting landscape, the way that, that he does, and and given the success, you know, he, he was being a little bit humble. They were really successful recruiting at South Florida, particularly given the you know the relative youth of that program and, and lack of tradition when compared to Florida State, Florida, or Miami. I think knowing what he knows about recruiting and knowing what to expect walking into a living room with a Florida State logo on his polo, that's got to be pretty exciting. One other thing, Tim, uh, I'd be interested in your perspective uh, that jumped out at me was when he made the comment, we, we, don't need to be re- we don't need to rebuild. We need to realign, realign at Florida State. I, I thought that was unbelievably insightful. No, I, and look, I think it's, it's true. Uh, you know, look, everybody knows that this was a talented roster, and, and I think it's fair to say now underachieved, particularly you know, when you, if you want to compare the situation I, down at Florida given the way they, that they had trouble recruiting against the staff at Florida State, by the way, uh, they, they need a bit of a rebuild. Florida State, there's talented players on this roster. Particularly, I'm curious to see uh, if, if Coach Taggart goes to some of the, the draft-eligible players that, that maybe are thinking they're going to leave and says, hey, give us a chance, give us a, an opportunity to, to make you better. And, you know, you, you, to some degree, you might be recruiting some of the players already on the roster. But uh, I suspect they'll probably listen to what he has to say.
that'd be where I'd start on the recruiting. You're talking about guys like Auden. I mean, obviously, Derwin James already announced, but uh, Auden Tate, Demarcus Christmas, Josh Sweat. I mean, those are three key guys. I, in my mind, I kind of think McFadden's gone already, but you've got to have the conversation with him, too. To your point about uh, it's not a rebuild, it's a realignment. Odell said something similar. The football banquet was this Friday night. I mean, it was this past Sunday night. And, uh, and I was fortunate enough to emcee it, so he gave his talk to the team. And, and he said, guys, this is Florida State. This is just a little bump in the road, more or less. He said, this is a flat tire, and we're going to get it changed, and we're going to be back to being FSU, which is sort of what, sort of what Coach Taggart said. Uh, yeah, and that's why I go back to that. You know, we don't have to rebuild. We realign. Uh, we've all heard the, the coach speak. We're not rebuilding. We're reloading. But that realignment kind of spoke to me about there there's already some things that he sees maybe simplifying the offense uh or other areas that uh he's a well aware of uh one last comment from tim well, he, he said the only football he saw of fsu this year was the first half of the bc game go ahead we, we've been doing this too long i'm going repeat uh for our listeners the only game he saw of 2017 was the first half of FSU versus Boston College. And I turned to, uh, I'll let him remain nameless, but the gentleman standing beside me during the press conference, and I said, and he still came? Well, and I'm thinking about the realignment thing. If you went into the garage, they would have told you you needed this fluid and this and this and change this filter. Yeah, well, I I definitely got to chuckle out of that as well. But it makes sense. He was a head football coach, and that game was played uh, on a Friday night. But, you know, I I wonder about coaches in this way. You think coaches see other teams and think, well, this is what I would do. This is what I would have done. I'm guessing that that Willie Taggart had some of those thoughts uh, already. And, and, you know, I mean, how could you not – Knowing if, if you're a coach that believes in what you do on offense and defense, and I, he clearly does, seeing the, the roster that you have coming back with Florida State and knowing what you can do in recruiting, how could you not be excited to, to take what you do and apply it to the type of athletes that you know Florida State has and that you know the state of Florida produces pretty much on an annual basis? Tim, we'll wrap things up. What are you going to have on Seminoles.com? Holy smokes. No, uh, a lot, a lot. I was just kind of mapping that out. You, you caught me before I really had a chance to lay out a roadmap. But, yeah, I think overall just the – overall theme and feel the press conference then maybe later on dive into to some of the more specific things he said about offensive and defensive philosophy uh, and also recruiting uh, there, there's a lot to unpack and, and it'll, it'll take us a little while but but trust me it'll be worth it there's uh there's a lot there and though we're going to talk all football on this show we're sort of being remiss and being uh, disrespectful to coach hamilton and his team who plays tonight and coach taggart will be there and be introduced and get a big round of applause but uh they didn't just beat the gators in gainesville i mean they they undressed them basically and now florida state's on the national radar oh absolutely and you know what's uh what's impressed me at least in that game and keith you can speak to it too is is terrence mann looked like an all acc caliber player on the road at the number five ranked team in the country uh, and that's that's a few times now in the last week where we've seen a player take over in crunch time, whether it be Terrence Mann, whether it be C.J. Walker, M.J. Walker's had some moments. And, you know, when you think back, the big one of the big questions coming into the season was, who's going to be the guy when they got to have it? You know, before, would you knew it would be Dwayne Bacon or Jonathan Isaac or take it a year further, Malik Beasley. Xavier Tan Mays had some of those games. There wasn't an obvious candidate for that coming into this year. Uh, but it seems like now they have multiple guys capable. Look, if you can go – that Florida team is good. Now, they didn't have a great night, but they're, they're a good team. If you can go on the road and beat them, beat them bad, I mean, you've, you've got a team. So, uh, so yeah, uh, full credit for them. Tonight should be a pretty fun atmosphere, uh, not only because Coach Taggart is going to be in attendance, but that will be cool too, but based on what this basketball team has achieved on its own right so far. Tim, thank you as always. You got it, guys. He is our Seminoles.com insider. Keith, uh, we'll react to some of that offensive and defensive philosophy stuff. Also talk a little more hoops. When we come back here on Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, we've got a uh, part-time resident of Tallahassee joining us now. Andrea Adelson is here. I saw her on the field on uh, 
Saturday, and I guess your assignment was uh, just cover whatever happens at Florida State because here we are on Wednesday and you're still here. So I just, uh, you know, you, and for those who don't know, Andrew, she's with ESPN, covers the ACC, covers college football. We've had her on the show before. Uh, so you bring a different perspective than the Florida State perspective. So I'll just give you the floor and kind of ask for your general thoughts, having been here the last three or four days. Well, I think Stan Wilcox went for the guy that he wanted, and he closed the deal. And if it was a home run hire for him, Willie Taggart had a home run press conference. What we just heard and saw from him, uh, I think the Florida State, state fan base should be excited about the future here. Not only is he an awesome recruiter, which is what Florida State needs to continue to dominate the state in recruiting the way they did under Jimbo Fisher, he's going to revolutionize and modernize this offense, which I think should also excite the Florida State fan base. I think he'll be able to take advantage of the speed, the athleticism that Florida State can bring in here uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And then defensively, when he said, uh, we used to have a bunch of war daddies here when I grew up watching Florida State, and that's what I want again. I think he's uh, exactly the right person Florida State needed to bring in here. When you look at the landscape of college football here in the state, I mean, FSU had, had been at the top for the last several years and dipped dramatically this year. Miami was back under Mark Richt. Florida maybe finally got it right. I think Dan Mullen's a good hire. But here comes FSU, and it almost feels – now I'm the garnet and gold guy here, so I'll ask your opinion. It almost feels like Florida State might have just elevated itself right back to the top of that chain. Well, I think what's so fascinating is Jimbo Fisher did a great job here. He won a championship. Nobody can take away what he did to elevate this program to get it back now to a national level. It was not when he took over as head coach, and now it is. But sometimes after a long period of time, there needs to be a fresh start. And I think a fresh start – is in order for both Jimbo Fisher and for Florida State. So now you're bringing in this young guy who loves Florida State. This is his dream job. He's always wanted to be here. It sounds like this is the place that he will be for a very long time. You get some new energy, uh, not only on the recruiting trail, but with the players. And the reaction from the players, at least from Twitter, all the players are embracing this. They're excited about this. They're excited about this new start. Uh, and uh, I think that this is uh, an opportunity really to hit the reset button for Florida State. Obviously, Florida is doing that, and Miami has done that. What's going to be fascinating for me to watch is Jimbo Fisher was able to dominate in this state while both Florida and Miami were down at the same time. Miami's not down anymore, and I don't think Florida is going to be down for much longer under Dan Mullen. So the tug of war now between Florida State, Florida, and Miami, I think is going to be an awesome storyline to follow over the next several years. We're all longing for the 90s again when it was like that every week. Yeah. Andrew, big picture. How badly, if, if any, obviously some, but how badly did Florida State hurt itself with this six and six year this year as it goes forward? I think if Jimbo Fisher had been back, it probably would have hurt a little bit more than the way it will hurt, at least right now, because I do think this is an opportunity for a fresh start. Willie Taggart said, I've got a lot of work to do. I need to hit the recruiting trail because this class did take a hit. But at the same time, I think Willie Taggart will probably um, try and go after different types of players to come in here to run his offense, which he described as lethal simplicity today. He wants to go fast and he wants to keep it simple for his players. We saw that at Oregon and obviously at South Florida and, and Western Kentucky before that. So I think it can be just a, a blip on the radar. And even in my conversations with Jimbo Fisher before he left, he said, Look, sometimes these types of seasons happen. They happen to the best of us. They happen to the worst of us. They just happen. But the important thing is the lessons learned for these players and how they use this moving forward. The cupboard isn't bare here. Florida State's bringing back a lot of talented players to this team, and I'm looking forward to seeing how Willie Taggart works with them and gets this team back. On Monday, I didn't watch Coach Fisher's press conference when he was introduced to Texas A&M. But I logged on to my Twitter feed, and your uh, tweet storm was one of the first ones that I saw. And uh, Andrea is a University of Florida grad who works for ESPN, and it was a series of tweets of all the facilities at FSU, pointing out that FSU's facilities are pretty good. Um, obviously, Jimbo's comments on Monday didn't resonate well with Florida State folks. What, what do you think the national perspective is, on where, and what's your perspective on where Florida State is around the ACC, around the state, around the nation in terms of facilities right now? Well, I am a Florida grad. You're right. And I graduated in the, in the 1990s. And at that time, Florida's facilities were the best in the state. Now, that's not the case. 
Jimbo Fisher flipped that on its head. Florida State has the best facilities in the state, and they're second to Clemson right now in the ACC. So what he's been able to do and what the administration was able to do, I think that's the key point. He wanted to take a, a shot at the administration for not supporting him. Look, the administration gave him everything that he asked for when we're talking about the indoor, the renovated uh, stadium, the Jimbotron that's out on the stadium. Dabo Sweeney noticed that last year when he was on the field with me pregame pointed out the Jimbotron, um, the, the new dorms for the players. We could sit here and go on and on. And there are plans for a standalone football facility. Um, so Florida State, they might not have what Clemson has, but they're really not as far behind as maybe Jimbo Fisher would have uh, was alluding to during his comments, not just from Monday, but throughout this season. He brought it up several times during press conferences. So I think Florida State is fine. Is there more to do? There's always more to do. If you're at Alabama, there's always more to do. Um, and so I anticipate that Florida State will continue to move forward and build better facilities and give Willie Taggart everything he needs to be successful here. Andrea, put your uh, devil's advocate hat on. What what would be the one, if Taggart came to you and said, all right, we've talked about this, you know us, you know the what's going on. I'm asking you, what what's the first thing I need to do to change this Florida State program, whether it's a little thing or a big thing? What would be your advice to him? I think it's the mentality and the attitude of this football team. There are too many times this past season, and you guys know this probably better than I do, where we saw maybe not the best effort or maybe some lackadaisical play out there. There is no, absolutely no excuse for this team to lose 35-3 to to Boston College, even though they lost their starting quarterback. The way the defense played in that game, I think, was embarrassing. And I'm sure everybody out there probably agrees with that assessment. The defensive players probably, if you took them aside and talked to them off the record, they probably would agree with that assessment too. And that's why I liked when Willie Taggart said we were a bunch of bad I don't know if I can say the word, but uh, back in the day, we were a bunch of bad, you know, people out there and war daddies. That's the type of attitude that I think has been missing from Florida State. They've had the talent and they're going to have a bunch of guys drafted off this team. So the talent's never been a question. I think that fire, that desire, that that burning belief that we're going to go out there and we're going to dominate you every single snap. That's what I think has been missing. And that's what I think he can bring here. Are you, are you Hold on. Are you available to be the defensive coordinator? <laughs> <laughs> Keith, how much does it cost to improve the effort on the field, and, and where do you start? Well, two answers to that, Mr. Block. Uh, number one, I know you're going here anyway. Number one, it doesn't cost anything. And number two, because it's from the shoulders up, you can change it immediately. Yeah, so that problem may already be fixed potentially. Andrew, anything else you want to add just about kind of the last uh, – I know you commented to me on the field on Saturday that, w- that it was sad to, to, to come in and there wasn't the tailgating. I mean, it's just not what you're used to. Florida State folks aren't used to being 5-6 and six on December playing Louisiana Monroe to get bowl eligible. None of us are used to it. I picked Florida State to win the ACC this year. And if you would have asked me in August, what kind of money would you put on Jimbo Fisher not being the head coach in December, I, I wouldn't have believed it. And I think everybody can agree with that. So the season was bizarre to say the least, completely unexpected to say the least. I wrote a little bit about that this week. So much happened uh, from DeAndre Francois to the hurricane to the the losses that shouldn't have happened. And now Jimbo leaving. Um, It was surreal. I, I think I told you I felt like I was dropped into a different dimension on Saturday watching the game. But that's not going to be the norm around here. I think that was more the exception than the rule. I was at the Miami game. It was not like that at the Miami game. And so I anticipate Florida State will be back sooner rather than later. Thanks for your perspective. Appreciate it always. Thanks for having me. Andrew Adelson from ESPN. Keith and I will continue right after this with more Front Row Knowles. Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith. This 
Wednesday. Willie Taggart introduced as Florida State's brand-new football coach. Interesting times, Keith. Uh, you know, one thing he didn't talk about today was timeline for putting together a staff and how that will be handled. And, you know, obviously in coming days and weeks we'll figure out who's staying, who's going, who's coaching the bowl game and all that. I mean, I think Odell's coaching the bowl game. And you got to keep some of the guys that have been on staff just to get through calling offense and defense. Well, also, and I don't know this particularly about the Florida State assistant coach contracts, but I knew, do know and suspect maybe this is the case with some of the Oregon staff that uh, that uh, Taggart would like to bring, Levitt in particular. Uh, there's a new phase of these contracts that say that you cannot talk about another jobs until after the end of the bowl game. So it may be that uh, Willie is handicapped a little bit and who he might want to talk to that has one of those contracts that are not allowed to talk to anyone till after the bowl game. And obviously Florida State's got to retain enough staff uh, to get them through the bowl game. We do know that Taggart uh, said that he would um, uh, be participating in practices, or I think he said technically he'd be witnessing and watching practices. Don't know how much he might have him being involved in the game plan, uh, but he'll be at practices as Florida State prepares for the bowl. But it may be that he can't talk to prospective staff members uh, that have those restrictive contracts until after those coaches have completed their coaching duties relative to bowl activities. We'll just have to wait and see. He did say that uh, it's an evaluation time, though, and that's not just the current players on the roster. That's the other coaches, too. So that, that'll all get worked out. Uh, again, I would expect, uh, you know, probably four guys from Jimbo's staff at least, two on offense and two in defense, would get them through the bowl game. might be more than that, but uh, you're going to need those because, I mean, if you think about offense, it's been Sanders and Dossie who have done the signals all year long. Uh, defensively, Charles Kelly has called the signals all year long, and uh, I'm not sure how much of that – uh, there's other guys that know them, obviously. I'm just not sure how much of that you want to change at the bowl time. Well, you don't, you don't want to change any, to be honest with you. We'd like to keep everything exactly the way it was. Even if Coach Taggart was named the head coach and, and you did not have Odell, you, you, you removed the interim tag, and Coach Taggart was the quote-unquote head coach for the bowl game, you still wouldn't change anything because you don't have enough time to, to implement anything. So you'll, you'll keep everything the same. And, uh, you know, the only other real reference point we have uh, was the – what was it, the 2012, was it the Orange Bowl after the 2012 game when Florida State had six coaches leave? And uh, one of the ones I remember staying that so impressed me was D.J. Elliott, who took over as the coordinator, defensive coordinator in that game against uh, was it Northern Illinois that we played and uh, did such a remarkable job that it kind of solidified his legacy at least amongst uh, FSU people in the know, that uh, DJ, DJ really comported himself very well, showed a great deal of professionalism in uh, continuing to coach through the bowl game before he went to his next assignment. All right, so that'll sort itself out. Coach Taggart was asked an awful lot about uh, signing day. There's an early signing period, December 20th to 22nd. So two thoughts here, and, and Keith, you can weigh in quickly. I'm not going to talk a lot about recruiting because this is going to work itself out. FSU recruits itself, and Coach Willie can recruit. FSU will be fine. Um, Number one, we've never had an early signing period. We don't know how players will react. It could be that the five stars want to continue to play the game and take all their official visits and sign on February, and the guys that sign December 20th to 22nd are maybe a three-star who's not sure he's going to have an offer left, so he goes ahead and signs. And number two, if you're Coach Taggart, uh, bad pun here, but you can get your ducks in a row by saying, hey, all I'm asking is for you to hold off right now. If you still ultimately want to go to School X, let me get my staff in place. Let us come talk to you in January and then sign on February. And I would think that would be the way he'd attack it. And what you're saying is telling uh, recruits on the fence, do not make an early decision. Wait until the regular time frame. Give me an opportunity to come back to you with my gun fully loaded, uh, to use another bad pun. Uh, the other thing that's interesting about it, too, Tommy, is we don't know what to expect. There's no track record. In other words, we may 10 years from now know that if a school has 10 kids sign in the early signing period, it's because the kids are desperate and the, the recruiting class sucks. Or we may know 10 years from now that if you sign three, i.e. one-tenth or, or, or one-eighth of the number, then that's the recipe. Right. If you're going to sign 25, you need to sign three of them early and 22 of them late, and we know that by history. We have no history on this, so we don't know what works. And I will tell you one other thing. Uh, whether the kid signs early or not, you can still early enroll because there's another trigger, which is the financial aid and compensation part, that if you sign that, you can actually sign that before National Signing Day and be committed to a school and enroll early in January. So there's another aspect of it that nobody likes to talk about, the early enrollees. You can still get them in the way you've previously been doing that in the past. 
And thus concludes the recruiting talk uh, on this week's Front Row Knowles. It'll work out just fine. All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about the offense uh, in our discussion with our Seminoles.com insider, Tim Linnefelt. This is going to be a fun offense. I mean, they're going to get up and down. He said he's going to cater the uh, – basically cater the play calls or the offense to his players' strengths. It's going to be uh, lethal and simplistic. I, I can't imagine – I'd have to go to my thesaurus – but I can't imagine two more words that would be more uh, intriguing and uh, welcome to the Florida State faithful when you talk about football offense. Lethal, and my gosh, this offense has been lethargic this year, and simplistic. I don't even need to say anything about that when it comes to Jimbo's offense. Well, let, let's, let's, this is how Coach Taggart framed it when he was asked about his offense earlier today. So you know about the Gulf Coast offense. Uh, uh, how, do, how would I describe it? Um, lethal simplicity. Lethal simplicity. You know, we want to score fast and often, but be really simple when it comes to teaching our players and not, commu- not confusing them on what they need to do, but allow our guys to go out and just play football and play fast and, um, and score a touchdown. We all like touchdowns, and I really like explosive plays. You see a lot of explosive plays, and um, we like those. I'm not one of those guys, unless it's the four-minute situation that we like those long drives, I like to score fast. So um, as long as we can score fast and often, it's it's a good thing, and we take pride in doing that. I think that's going to uh, resonate well with current players, with recruits. Uh, We may have said this already, but uh, and I lied earlier because here's another recruiting tidbit. Uh, if I was him, I would go recruit all the guys who are on the fence and maybe thinking about going pro right now because they could make a, Auden Tate would make a big difference on this offense next year. Josh Sweat would make a big difference on this defense if you can get those guys back. And unlike other times when you've got the historic issue of if you come back for your senior year when you're draft eligible and you take the chance of getting hurt, and, and those stories are horrible, the kids that have done that and it has happened to them, it's, it's unfortunate. You've got a great real-life story in Demarcus Walker who who chose to come back for his final year of eligibility and, uh, in my opinion, absolutely increased his draft value. And you can point to him as a recent example of why this would be a good career move for you and a good monetary move by staying an extra year at Florida State. All right, defensive philosophy. Uh, Coach Tagger was asked about that as well, and here's his response from earlier today. Um, defensively, uh, same thing, lethal simplicity. Uh, again, not a complicated guy. I want to keep it simple, but want to be aggressive on the defense side of the ball. Have I decided that we want to run a 4-3 or 3-4? No, I haven't decided that. I want to, excuse my language, but I want a damn good defense. You know, I want our defense to be back to where Florida State defense has been in the past. You know, excuse my language, but we were a bunch of badasses back in the days. We were, we were some war daddies. You know, uh, people fear. You think about Derrick Brooks, Peter Bulware, those type of guys, man. We we want to get back to those days, um, and and you got to get guys that that feel the same way. You got to recruit guys that want to be that way. You know, we want to be physical. We want to be fast. Uh, we want to be in attack mode at all times and making plays. You know, um, um, but it's got to be that way. And you got to find. You got to have that personality as as a defensive coach that coaches that way. And uh, but we want to do it all in the, in, the, in the right way. So um, that's what I'm looking for in our defense and, and making sure we have um, a D coordinator that understand that and, and, and passionate about doing that and going to uh, make sure you hold everyone accountable on that side of the ball to, to be in that way. Pretty similar to what he wants to do on offense. That is uh, simple, uh, simple, but uh, lethal. I mean, it's going to be a fun day. It's going to be attacking, which that part will resonate because FSU fans will immediately think of Mickey Andrews, especially if it ends up being Jim Levitt uh, down the line. And I say that because Levitt's an older, kind of gruff, mean type that would be coaching the defense. But whoever it is, the philosophy will be to blitz. And going back to earlier comments about Coach Taggart growing up, watching the Knowles, uh, being a, you know, a fan of this program, uh, you know, Coach Andrews was the defensive coordinator that, that Coach Taggart associates with the Florida State that he grew up with as a, as a middle schooler, a high school, and, of course, when he was in college at Western Kentucky and early in his coaching career. So that, that seems to be a dovetail that would fit very nicely. Um, it'll be interesting to, to, to see how that weighs out, uh, given the fact that uh, I, I think 
Tommy, going back to my earlier comment, I think Levitt is one of those coaches that has a provision in his contract where he's not allowed to talk to Florida State until after Oregon gets done with their bowl game, which I think is sometimes the, the middle of this month. Uh, so in terms of uh, naming the staff, don't don't get frustrated if Coach Taggart isn't naming coordinators early. He may be prohibited by contract from doing that. All signs, no guarantees, but all signs point to the fact that Levin, Levitt would be his first choice. Your first choice should be Cornerstone Tool and Fashion. We thank Ron and his knowledgeable staff for their support of this program. Christmas presents. Christmas presents for the for the home doer. Go in there and we'll shop around, particularly you ladies. You can find some. Cornerstone Tool and Fastener with a couple of locations to choose from here in Tallahassee. We'll wrap up this uh, show. It's been a unique couple of weeks, a unique season, and uh, we'll try to make the last three minutes unique when we come back. We don't need no education. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. Front Row Knowles is brought to you by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles, Tom and Keith with you. Uh, Keith, I feel like we're completely disrespecting the basketball team, so I'll save the last comment. Well, no, I'll go there first, then we'll go back to tie a bow on the Willie Taggart thing. But you sit uh, courtside for all these games. You had an enjoyable night Monday. You'll see them play tonight against Loyola. What's uh, your biggest impression so far of this team in the early season? Well, to, 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 to name drop, remember I sit beside the best in the business in Deckerhoff. And to brag, uh, I'm somewhere north of 500 games now that I've broadcast in my career. I can tell you without question that that win at Florida on Monday night was the best basketball game I've ever seen Florida State play personally. Uh, this team, and I stress the, the, the thing team, I mean, I love Jonathan Isaac, I, I love Dwayne Bacon, but, but they had issues last year. They weren't talked about, uh, they weren't terribly noticeable sometimes, occasionally they raised their head. There doesn't appear to be any issues with this team. They love playing together. Uh, they love competing together. The young guys have come in with not the superstar attitude of, you know, I only play on offense. I don't have to learn defense. These new kids are embracing Leonard's defensive principles, to use his term. Uh, they sh- they took Florida completely out of their game. This is a game, you know, Florida came in ranked fifth in the country. They're leading the country in scoring, 99.5 points a ball game. Florida State holds them to 28 below that. And they were shooting 46% from three. They shot right at 22% from distance. Just a huge win for Florida State and a great effort. Yeah, no question. I, the game I thought of was the uh, win over North Carolina in the Sweet 16 or to get to the Sweet 16 a couple years ago in terms of maybe unexpected dominant performance. But we can debate that another time. Got a minute to go, Keith. All in all, uh, pretty good day and a pretty good coaching search. you got to applaud those involved. I mean, it took Florida State basically four days to get uh, their ducks in a row and introduce Willie Taggart. A nice early Christmas present. Uh, it's a good day to be a Seminole. It is a good day to be a Seminole, and I'll uh, invite you to. What's that? I was going to tell you one more thing. Uh, you know, make it a great day if you want to. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Hopefully, you had a great day, folks. We'll talk to you again next week on Front Row Knowles. Mm-hmm.